praise God. Um, the Lord gave us a project that I'm working on right now and for uh, young women and it's titled Redefining Beauty. So if you're watching or listening to me and um, that title, you know, resonates with your spirit, reach out to me, please. And the mission is to help um, help help young women to to acquire the godly perspective, the godly view of what beauty is, as opposed to what they think or the, what the world is telling them. Many young ladies or young women who are taking their definition of beauty from Instagram, social media, and what the world says, all of them can tell me if they would not lie that there's so much instability or certainty and anxiety in their heart. Why? Because they're trying to keep up with the standards of beauty, which is not stable and which is defined by ungodly people who do not see human beings like God see human beings, right? God does not define you based on your physical attraction or based on, based on the shape of your body. And um, it's, it can be very depressing to want, or it can be depressing, not, yeah, very, and very, very depressing to define yourself uh, by the shape of your body, by your look, by your skin color. It's a suicidal thought or a suicidal way to see yourself. And um, hence, I believe God is God is um, on my case. And when I say on my case, it's really on my case. He's on my case to mobilize forces, people, to, to build a team, to help young women, to begin to see beauty from God's perspective. You know, the Bible tells us that beauty is fleeting, charm is deceptive, but a woman who fears the Lord should be honored. So God does not honor facial appearance or body, body structure, body shapes. God God honors the heart of a woman who fears him. So and whether you like it or not, you can't keep this body shape you have at the moment forever. Age will catch up with you. So whatever, so whatever you're doing now to, to modify your look at all costs, you're only preparing yourself for lasting depression. Because when age begins to catch up with you, you will then realize that you cannot beat nature. You cannot beat God's design, in a sense. Amen. Praise God. And I can also say that it is insanity for a person to uh, mistreat another person because of their skin color. Uh, this is what always just you know reminded me of this now. This is not in my message today. And I was meditating yesterday. I was on Friday and a few things are coming to my mind. And I feel God, is want, God wants to speak to someone right now. Now, think, think of it this way. Every child born into this world did not have a say as to where they should be born to, what country, what race, what home, what family. Or can you remember what having a discussion with maybe a deity or a spiritual force before you were born to determine which family, country, race, tribe you'll be born into? If you can never if you can never recall that conversation going on before you were conceived in your mother's womb, then it is insanity. Absolute lack of intelligence. These are the possible words of my post choice of words. Absolute lack of intelligence, right? Yeah. Um, it, it is to be intellectually challenged. I need more words. To see, to treat people, to mistreat people based on their skin color. It is insanity. I wish I could use the way Nigerians would say it, but this is the English way insanity. You know what I mean? I want to say insanity in. Um, in, in, in the way Nigerians would say, but that would get some people offended, but I'm so I'm trying to be nice. <clears throat> I, I will not go there, right? It is insanity to mistreat people or see or treat people inferior to you because of their skin color. 
when they did not have a choice of where, which race, country, family to be born into. What if you, if you are the kind of person, or if you have been brainwashed to think that way, what if you were born into that culture, into that race, into that country, and people are then mistreating you or they are treating you, mistreating you or treating you, how did I put it earlier on? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm just being spiritual this morning, right? Or they're mistreating you or treating you to be less, to be inferior, that's what, they, they, they are treating you inferior to themselves because you were born on the other side. Something is not right with the way we are thinking. It's not even something. Many things are not right with the way we are thinking. We have been deceived. So it's not right. And um, to people who consider themselves victims because they were born into an inferior or minority race. You want to wake up. You want to go find what the word of God says about you. You want to start stand your ground and define yourself based on how God sees you and not based on what people say about you. So I work I work a secular job and I work in different organizations. Right? And I see racism. I see it. I see racism. I see it. I see how I see attitude of senior people in the workplace who do not expect me as a black person to, de- to demonstrate certain level of intelligence. I see it. I've been mistreated. I've been, I've been racially discriminated. I, I see those things. But do you know what? Yet, I refuse to see myself as a black person. I am a human being. I am a person. I'm not a... I'm not a I need to say this carefully because people who jumped at one woman of God and because she said she's not a black person, uh, the entire church jumped at her. Oh, Jesus Christ. Lord, help me to be nice this morning. Right, right. I am a human being. I, see, I choose to see myself the way God sees me. Not the way human beings who lack intelligence, who are intellectually, intellectually challenged, who are who's insane. How insane people choose to see me and treat me. It is dumb to the power of a thousand for a person to treat another person inferior to themselves and not kind of stop. So, you know, I, I've, I've used this term a number of times in my meetings. I said, you know, to the black community, some people, you know, according to how some insane people of other races, not, not all of them, insane people of other races, some of insane people, some insane people of other races, how they mistreat us. I say, in their own eyes, the crime we have committed is because we were born black. Something that we did not have a choice over. I mean, choice, we, we, not have a cho- we didn't have a choice of where to be born. And these insane people are telling their kids in school to ask their, their black friends when they are going back to Africa. People are not, some people are not well. Now, as I wrap up on this, I want to say, state this emphatically clear that you cannot change how people choose to see you, but you can change how you see yourself. And you can stand your ground and not give in to acting out how people see you. So if some people think black people are inferior and they mistreat black people or treat them inferior to themselves, let them just try that with me. Uh, they try with me, and by God's grace, I, I will operate in the wisdom of God, and I always leave them behind. By God's grace, where I am now in terms of even my skill sets and experience and things that I've accomplished, the insane people in some of my previous employ, um, employment 
who have been doing the same job for over 20, 25 years, do, cannot stand or match me wherever I'm speaking on those topics. It may sound like pride, but I don't care. I rejoice in the Lord because He gave me wisdom. And even this morning, I was thinking about it. I was saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you for wisdom for financial exploit. I see how much proud the world is because they are making one million, two million, three million. And I can see those things filtering into the black community. They begin to see themselves as one super being because they are making some few millions. I'm like, I want you to show me the wisdom to build the wealth and to show people that race, culture, all those kind of things do not define a person, but what you say about a person and the ability and the wisdom that you are able to give to people. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. So let's get into the word this morning. That's my word of knowledge delivered. Um, thank you. Praise God. Right. So uh, today I'm hoping by God's grace that I'll be able to wrap up um, what, I, what I started teaching last week about another gospel. Right. I'll try to make it as simple as possible so that we can uh, get through this. Next week, I want to start talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today, uh, okay, last week I talked, I, I showed us uh, from the book of St. Corinthians, chapter 11, 3 to 6, how uh, through the simplicity of the gospel, uh, um, people's mind can be deceived because the gospel is simple. So people, uh, false teachings, uh, they, they seep into the church or into churches. And as a result, uh, because the gospel does not really, does not re require any kind of um, uh, human performance for you to please God, uh, people will come in and tell you you need to do 1,000 things, 2,000 things, 3,000 things for God to be pleased with you. And people sometimes they come as sophisticated preachers and teachers and they look in a certain way and, you know, and, uh, and, may, and many Christians can be fickle sometimes and they go by the swag, the smoke screen, you know, the looks, the, the, uh, the, the, the diction. And you, you hear things like, and the Lord, and the God, and the Lord, and the Lord. And, and, people, and, 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 and with all due respect, very intelligent men and women will start screaming, oh, 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 yeah. Something is not right with the way we think. If we are thinking or acting that way. So I try to... Uh, show us from the scriptures last week that we should not give in to eloquence. We should stand for the th truth and we should listen to the truth. No matter how much um, posh or classy a pastor or a church or a Christian shows up, don't allow those things to carry you away. Listen for what is coming out of, your, of their mouth. Is it the truth? Is it lie? Is it deception? Be very, very careful because people are out there to deceive people. I have those, some of those guys around me. They have a particular objective, a particular mission. They, they are going somewhere, but they're trying to build a relationship with one way or the other. Trying to come close, but they know where they are going, right? So you got to listen to what they are saying. And this also goes to single people. A guy comes around you as a, you a lady. A guy comes around you trying to act nice, trying to be all, you know, trying to be all all lit you wanted, and you're not listening. You're carried away by the six pack. If at all he shows you his chest, which I don't know the reason why he's having. You guys are having that conversation and he's stripping himself to show you the six pack. Okay, you may say you went to the gym and found him there, but why are you looking at the body? The body that can sag in in, in the years to come. I don't know where I'm going this morning, but I'll just follow the Lord. Amen. And so because you're not listening, because all you're looking at is what, what the, how the person looks and how they can speak. No, it's seasoned. It's, it's quite cultured. It's quite... And that's how the girl is thinking. I'm like, you know, he's a nice guy. Really? You determine a guy is a nice guy because of how he speaks? You've been deceived. I mean, because you don't know, you don't have no clue of who he is or what you're going to be living with. Have you not seen some demons? 
Praise God. And the same thing goes with um, guys as well. Because she looks nice, she spots her. She's going to rip you apart if she, if she does not fear the Lord. Just wait and see, right? So, uh, even in our natural in our natural life and in our in our in in our life, I don't want to say natural life because we are Christians and we have one life, right? So, in everything we do, either in the gospel or outside of the or in the secular, we must ensure that we are not carried away by elegance, by eloquence. We look out for the truth. The truth makes people free. The lie deceives people and lies destroy people. Amen. Praise God. So today I want to look at the, the personal issues on our side that makes us vulnerable to false teachings. Don't forget, false teachings enslaves people. False gospel enslaves people. Puts people in bondage. So if Jesus came to die for you, to deliver you from the power of sin, please listen to what I'm about to say very carefully. Please listen to this carefully. Now watch this. If Jesus came to die for you and deliver you from the power of sin, to make you a free man and, or, or, uh, and a woman, or a woman, you know, and to make you to have a fellowship with the Father, what do you think a false gospel will produce in your life? What do you think a distorted and adulterated gospel will produce in your life? It will produce the opposite, bondage, bondage to sin, enslavement of sin, enslavement of the devil. See, the gospel is not something to joke about. We can't mess about with it. And when I say, when I say mess about with it, I mean, we can't, we can't afford to take in an ounce or an iota of false teachings. It will put us in bondage. You want me to prove it to you? Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. Galatians 4, 8. I'm going to read fast a little bit here. Um, I'm reading the TPT. The Passion Translation, it reads, it said, Before we knew God as our Father, we were unwitting servants to the power that be, which are nothing compared to God. But now that we are truly, now that we truly know Him and are intimately known by Him, why would we for a moment consider turning back to those weak and feeble principles of religion as though we were still subject to them? So let me take it from, let me read the New King James Version because that, that's his, uh, that one is very, very English. Uh, but there's a, let, me, let, me, let me try the New King James, how I read it. Watch this again. It says, But uh, then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those who by nature are not God. But now, after you have known God, or rather known by Him, how is it that you, are, you turn again to the weak and beggarly element to which you desire again to be in bondage. I'll give you the background story very, very shortly. So when we, when we give ourselves to religion, religious practices, and when I say religious practices, I'm talking about performances, things that we want to do, activities to make God pleased with us. When we give ourselves to those things, what are we doing? We are giving ourselves to bondage. So I said, the gospel, Jesus died for you. The gospel of Christ is to make you free. It's to make you free. It brings freedom into your life. Paul said in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of, 
of Christ because it is the power through which God brings salvation, deliverance, healing to your life. So if anybody is trying to distort the gospel to, uh, for you and trying to mix something with it or trying to adulterate it, they are preparing you for bondage. They want to hold you captive. Inasmuch as those things may sound intelligent and sound nice, they will ruin your mind. They will ruin your soul. They will open the door for the enemy to come in with, with all lies, with all manner of lies and deception. Friends, believing another gospel or a gospel that is not of Christ will ruin our lives if we are not careful. This is no joke here. So let's go to Galatians chapter 1 to give us background a little bit of this particular situation here. So in in book of... No, this letter was written to, to the churches in Galatia. Now these guys believed in the gospel by faith you know they believe in christ jesus as their lord and their savior and they were saved but at some point uh because they were jewish christians that's a problem so a jew is a person who is a kind of a legalist you know they have they have a lot of laws they they, they must obey you know in as a um as as a form of worship to god so for them to remain justified for them to remain acceptable to god there are certain legal requirements they must fulfill which none of them has been able to really fulfill the legal requirements you can find all of them in deuteronomy leviticus there are many of them there so these guys they relate with god on the base of their performance that is in modern terms now so um if we want to apply this to modern terms i would say these guys were trying to uh, go back to a performance-based relationship with God. So now they are thinking, uh, what do I need to do for God to be happy with me? What do I need to do for God to be pleased with me? You know, if I don't do this, God will not be pleased with me. If I don't fast, God will not be pleased with me. If I don't pray, God will not be pleased with me. Those are lies. Prayer and fasting has its place and it's phenomenal what fasting and prayer can achieve in our lives if we fast and pray correctly. But to think our fasting and our praying is... Um, he, he, by fasting and praying is how we get some tokens in heaven or some some credits or accounts in heaven with God is to be thinking incorrectly. So your fasting and your praying does not affect your relationship with God. Now, uh, when I say relationship with God, I mean how God sees you or how God relates with you. God will not love you less. Listen carefully to this. God will not love you less because you did not fast and pray long enough like some people who fast 50, 60, 70 days. Amen. God will not love you less because of what you did not do. Because you were not doing anything at all for God when he died for you. Romans chapter 5 tells us that while you were yet sinners, unworthy of God, Jesus died for you. So why do you not think that now that you're born again, you need to do certain things for God to love you? But if you don't pray, if you don't spend time in the word of God, if you don't fellowship with God, it, might, it would definitely make God to be less real to you. That's a certain, that's a standard. So you're praying, you're studying the word of God is for your own benefit so that you can be more aware and conscious of the, of the love of God in your life. And if you don't, if we don't give ourselves to regular study of the word of God, you know, we'll, we'll not really be stable in our Christian work. And because a lot of things are jumping at you, bombarding you, trying to deceive you, trying to confuse you. So you can't, you don't have the luxury of, of going for days without meditating in the word of God or just even just for half an hour just think about it just chew it and just just rejoice let, let you know let the word of God confirm that God is at work on the inside of you amen maybe that's another bonus for you guys you know 
Now, when you're studying the word, you want to read, you want to study to the point whereby you are, you know, you are refreshed. You know, you know, something happens on the inside of you. Do you know what's happening inside of you? The spirit of the Lord inside of you is confirming the power of God's word and is working on your soul, working on your mind, cleaning you. So reading your Bible is, you should not be reading your Bible to get to make God happy or be impressed with you. No, it's for your own good. Praying is for your own good because it makes you conscious of the power and the authority you carry. So when things try to intimidate you, see, by default, on reflex, you, you shout at them. You, you, you don't cower first because your mind, your soul is programmed, is, is a must in prayer. So prayer and fasting and studying the word of God is for your own good, from your own side of things, from a defensive side of things against the devil, uh, from the, for the offensive side of things against the attacks of the enemy, and more importantly, for a fellowship and intimacy with the Father. Because the person you spend time with is the person you know much better. The more you spend time with people, the better you know them. If husband and wife are not spending time together and talking, you know, bouncing ideas on each other, doing things separately, they cannot really attain intimacy. They will know each other, they will live in the same house, but they can't really know each other very well because they are not communicating of the, on, on an emotional level. I don't want to go into my teaching on uh, uh, communications in marriage. Lord Jesus, we are 10 minutes into the end of the service. All right, Lord Jesus, just help me this morning. I don't want to carry this next week. Let's go. But I can't, I can't do without sharing with you guys what the Holy Spirit is saying to my heart. I will, this service will be incomplete if I just go through my notes and I don't do what the Lord is saying, asking me to do. Hence, we encourage people to come to Transformers Connect because we tend to do more teaching there. But on a Sunday like this, in as much as I do some teaching, God is speaking to the heart of people who come to church because only God knows what you've been going through all through, all through the week. And on Sunday, He just want to speak to your heart. And that's why Sunday service is not, does not mean that you will grow spiritually. Attending church every Sunday does not, is not equal to spiritual growth. In Sunday, on Sunday, we speak to your heart, you get refreshed. Bible study groups are the places where you really learn, you grow. And when you go out and evangelize, and when you go out and you communicate with other Christians, when you go to home, uh, what's it called, uh, what they call, I can't remember, live groups, so this is a, this kind of way you do life. This is kind of way you, you, you grow. But here, I have to start to speak the heart of God to a lot of people. Amen. So the Galatian church, right? So in this day and age, we say they are trying to um, practice a performance-based relationship with the Father. And look at what Paul says. So we're going to read from um, Galatians 1, uh, verse 1 to... We have a few things to cover there. Uh, verse 10. Let's go. So... Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Let's pause a little bit there. So Jesus gave himself up, to deliver us from this present evil age. Do you know what is in this age? Evil. You don't need to look too far. Go on Instagram. Go on BBC. Go on CNN. Have you seen, have you seen the devastating damage that Putin has done on Ukraine? No. Just go on the internet. Then you see that people say people are nice. I, let's not even get there. Let's not even get there. So naturally, people are nice. Don't, 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 don't let us go there. Because I'll get emotional. And, and I'll take it past now. So but this moment, I want to be in spirit. Amen. So Jesus came to deliver us from this present evil age. 
So I was saying to you earlier on, if you allow a distorted gospel, if you allow people to mix things in for you, telling you that you need to come and wash your feet in church so that you can trample on your enemies, and they start in, they start introducing all manner of human philosophy, natural worship of nature, worship of things, and they are mixing them with church. I saw a lot of these things in Africa, where people are going to church, but their dependence is not on Christ. They still have one man in one church, all in the name of church, who is giving them some chemicals to bathe with, so that God, God can show them mercy. All kind of evil things. Do you know what the Bible is saying to us if we do those kind of things? Now, instead of us experiencing the deliverance from the power of the devil, what are we going to experience? The opposite. What makes us think that the devil is nice? The Bible calls them the hostile forces of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. So, you go to a church, even though they say in the name of Jesus, but they are giving you some soap to bathe so that something can happen for you. They are giving you some water to drink to do so that a man can be a, a man can marry you. They are giving you some kind of candles and things to do so that something can happen for you. Which you cannot find the word of God. And they're expecting to express some to they, they are telling you to expect some spirit forces to come and operate. What kind of spirit do you think they're operating with? The Holy Spirit? Nah. And you think. You think the, the, the powers behind it are not the, are not the powers of the devil? And do you think there's anything the devil gives for free? Do you remember the Bible says that Jesus said, he said, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. That Satan will never, Satan will never cast out devils. devils. So if you are going to diabolic and abalist kind of preachers and pastors to do some deliverance for you, do you know what you are doing? They will take one out because Satan will never leave his old. He will just see it's a replacement or swapping. You know, just tell uh demon 474. Right? Go out. Demon 678 coming. Your manifestation begins in five years' time. Stay there. Right? So you everything seems to be fine. Then five years' time, you see more horrible attack. The Lord is speaking to people this morning, and the Lord is setting people free. So, if you allow people to deceive you and give you an adulterated gospel because something is not fancy, because what you do, what you are, what, there's, there's, this, there's this nasty thing I used to hear when I was in Nigeria that older people would say, they would say, you know, church is slow, God is slow to walk, but these other powers, they are very quick to walk. Are we thinking? So, people will go to church on Sunday, hallelujah, and they will go to another place in the evening. To get the power that's making things work. The more you do that, the more you give yourself into the hand of the devil. The day it will launch. Praise the Lord. So, continue from uh, Galatians 1, verse 4. Guys, you give me extra five minutes this morning. This is exciting. And um, not just for me. I just got to do this job. Let's go. Now, the Bible says, Who gave himself for our sins that it might deliver us from this present evil age. I repeat, if you allow an adulterated gospel, you cannot experience the freedom and the deliverance that God has given to you in Christ Jesus. It is standard. According to the will of, according to the will of our God and the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now listen to this. Say, I marvel that you are turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ 
to a different gospel. So grace has to do with believing, uh, receiving the unconditional kindness and goodness of God, which means God loves you not on any basis. He gave you his unconditional love. It's not based on your performance. So I marvel, I'll take it again, that this is verse 6, Galatians 1. Nick King James Version. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Verse 7. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. They want to twist it. And there are many out there today. Amen. There are many out there today. Paul said, there's no another gospel. If it's not faith in Christ Jesus only. Faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in all that Christ has done. Identifying that. Identify, identifying with, with the death of Jesus. You know, acknowledging in your mind that the death that Jesus died. He died in your own place. So that you will not experience spiritual separation from the Father. You know, when, when, some, when some people say, you know, uh, because I am like this, I don't want to be a Christ, Christian anymore, or I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm any longer a Christian. I'm thinking, are you, are you thinking well? Do you know Christianity is not a religion? Do you know Christianity is life? We, they, <laughs> people were called Christians in the book of Acts because they were acting like Christ. But do you know that God is real? See, this is not Christianity. We, we just, we just defined, we just tried to describe it with the term Christianity. This is, this is, Christianity is not, it's, it's not a religion. We're talking about real stuff. So if you have, if you have ever experienced demonic operation, that should tell you that, um, God, I, I'm, I'm trying to say the way I said it in one of my podcasts. So let me put it this way. So some people believe that they are demons, but they don't believe there is God. And I'm asking them, so what makes you be so also why don't you believe in God? They'll say, because we can't see him. And I said, the demons that you are fighting that are dealing with you, can you see them? And we've seen demons cast out all by just calling on the name of Jesus. So what's going on there? Somebody's being deceived. It's a mind game. Amen. So Paul is saying that there's no there's no another gospel. Right. And he said, if you think, if there's anything that is a variation from the gospel of Christ, why is that? Some people are trying to deceive you. Sorry, I want to put it this way. If somebody is trying to call you a name, or because you're feeling in a particular way, you now say, this is me. You have been deceived. Somebody is playing on your mind. Amen. So let's carry on. But even if, we, now listen carefully, to, to make you see how, how serious this matter is, as you can see that I'm not very posh this morning, to make you see how serious this matter is, Paul says in verse 8, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be crushed. Let him be accursed. Let the cross of God come upon him. I didn't see anything. You said it because I can see people pointing at men of God. I didn't see anything. You said it. I'm only reading. I'm only reading out the word of God. Is if anybody or even an angel come to tell you another gospel, which most of the time is because they want to manipulate you, he said, "Let them come under the curse of God." Now we're getting to real Christianity here. Not the fancy things we're looking about. We're talking about how that. Verse nine. As we have said before, so now I say again: If anyone preaches, he's repeating it. If anyone 
preaches at any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. He said it twice to make him understand that it's a very serious matter. Paul doesn't really repeat things like that. In I mean, I mean sequentially. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. I can go on and on. I can keep expanding and expansiating, you know, elaborating on that truth that any adulterated gospel, anything that tells you you should do something for God to bless you, is putting you under a cross. And it's only even setting you on a trajectory whereby you sit back into a performance-based relationship with God. And what happened is that you put you under the power of the devil and the and the forces in this world because you become psychological you become logical you become gimmicking your mind before you know it you are operating in the kingdom of darkness not knowing to you i'm not being i'm not being um i'm not being um spooky this one i'm telling you the truth right so what are the things that makes us vulnerable to false doctrine or false gospel or false teaching i'm gonna run them i'm gonna run through them very quickly yeah. And a few things that you know were the character of this Galatian church, which are the things I also notice in the church today. One, fickleness. So fickleness is changing frequently, especially as regarding to one's loyalties or affections. Many of us, we just we we are very quick to jump into many different things. I, I don't, I don't, you know, in, in such instances, I don't think we really understood the word of God. But some people um, understand the word of God. But if you want to make reference to 2 Corinthians 11, you will see that Paul was saying that if you keep company with people who are manipulative, uh, they can corrupt your mind. So it's one thing not to understand the word of God. It's another thing for you to be, um, to be swayed by people who look nice, who look posh. So we must learn to be stable, to hold on to what we believe, regardless of how we feel. We should not live an emotion-driven lifestyle. Amen. You know, that's what the world is, um, is, 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 is advertising to us. You know, if you feel it, do it. If you feel that way, that's who you are. It's a lie. Like I was saying in prayer meeting this morning, there are some dirty, fueled emotions that some pe many people are engaging today. And the word and the media is telling them it's okay. But I said to I said to, in this morning, I said, if the emotions a person is struggling with will destroy the person who is who was encouraging you to indulge yourself in those sinful behavior, if whatever emotion you okay, am I, am I, am I, am I making this clear? So let me repeat it. So let's assume that the person um is having uh struggles. We'd say, I think because I have kids in the church, I don't want to say certain things. They're having a kind of sexual way of expressing themselves, which is ungodly, right? And then they have a big sister or a big brother who might be, who's also, um, who are subscribed to the ideology of darkness. We tell them, no, that's fine, that's fine, kind of stuff. But if this person, so, they're, no, so the, the older, the big brother or the big sister is encouraging the young one who is feeling awkward I know that's fine. That's who you are. You know, it's okay. But if this big brother or big sister has a wife, if the brother, if big brother has a wife or the big sister has a husband and this younger one is now seducing their spouse, what do you think they will say? They will fight them 
they will beat them up. It will become a big family issue. And I've seen many issues out there whereby people are crying, people are shouting, people are fighting, people are angry and bitter, saying that their niece or their younger sister took their husband or their brother slept with their spouse. Now, these same unintelligent people were once encouraging their younger one to go and do everything evil sexually. But now that it's, going to, it's not going to affect them and wreck their home, it has not become evil. People are not well. So if you don't draw the line and stick this, stay, and put your stick in the stand to say, you know what, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for. People will deceive you and people can move you anywhere. And the same thing happens to church. In church, people will tell you all manner of stuff. But you have to learn to stand by what the word of God says. Amen. Uh, that thing is impetuous. So people are, you know, this is when people act very quickly without thinking. Impetuous. Somebody will correct my English this morning, pronunciation this morning. Except they want to be nice towards me. This is the characteristic of the of the Galatian church, and it's also common in the church today. Impetuous, impetuosity, if I'll put it that way. You know, when people just act or do things quickly without thinking. You now the man of God comes into the house and said, There's a new ankachi from India, or there's a new ankachi from uh, I brought this ankachi from Jerusalem, from the place, or from the place where Jesus, I went to the tomb of Jesus. I used this ankachi and I touched the tomb of Jesus. And, the God, and God said to me that all the power of resurrection is in this handkerchief. And now I have used this handkerchief to touch this 1,000 handkerchiefs. And this handkerchief is selling for 20 pounds. And you see people buying the handkerchiefs. When Ephesians, Ephesians 1.19 says that the resurrection power of God is at work on the inside of you. So when somebody comes, no matter how much you respect them, or how much they've been part of your life, how good they are, how eloquent. When people come with such such a false doctrine, don't be quick and to act on what they what they what they bring to you. Think things through. Is this thing correct? Is one reason why I like one of the one of the, one of the, one of our sons in the church. He will ask questions. He will challenge things. Sometimes if I do it anyway, but 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 we ask questions. You can't fool him. Amen. So nothing is a love for new and curious things. You know, there's just something new. Some people think their church is boring. I know sometimes, sometimes church can become boring when, um, when leadership is not leading or steering people towards the mission and the vision. I don't want to go into to, to teaching on church planting this morning. And sometimes, uh, a few things may be happening in church or people are just rolling with funny people outside of church and church is now looking uncool. And the thing is, is there's always capacity issues in church, you know, innovation issues in church, whereby if we don't have the right people, we, we sometimes we are not able to catch up with technology that our children are exposed to in the world. And because there are cool things out there, and then some maybe some pastors or some false teachers have caught up with those technology and how those things are cool, and the young people begin to drive into go into those churches. Now, I'm not saying that we churches churches should not be innovative and creative, and maybe you can tell a little bit from how I what we, how we run church that we try to be as creative as possible and create the best spiritual experience for people by the help of the Holy Ghost, right? But sometimes when we are so so. When, we, when our mindset is set on what is curious, what is cool, what is exciting, we can be easily swayed and deceived. We are looking for the latest, techno, latest um, revelation in town, the church where it is happening. And many Christians, that's how they live their life and they wonder why they are being exploited, used, manipulated, abused. Because you are, you are, people are looking for what is cool, what is new, what is, what's the in thing. Have you heard of this new church? They have 1,000, they have 1 million followers on, on, um, on Instagram. Have you heard of this church? They have a lot of people. They have very cool guys. Their, their guys have very nice cars. Their girls are beautiful. The guys are this. 
That's not the purpose of a church. The Bible says the church is the foundation and the pillar for truth. Of truth. Amen. So, <clears throat> dual identity is another issue. So, I was talking about the Galatians that they were Jewish Christians, right? So, according to the Jewish tradition, you, you have a kind of performance-based relationship with God. And that was before Christ. Right. And now that they are born again, when people were trying to deceive them to go back to Judaism, right, which which is a religion of the Jews where they would do all the sacrificial things to you know in, in, in as part of their way of worship, right? Uh, it was a struggle. So why am I bringing this here? When a believer has not clearly understood his identity, his or identity, and they still have some emotions or some feelings that they used to have before they were saved right they will then think they are a sinner saved by grace no you are not a sinner saved by grace you were a sinner you were saved by grace and you're no longer a sinner so many christians of today we easily give in to those kind of lights exception they will say things like generational cause they will say all manner of things that people say right and people give into it because of their dual identity they still feel like a sinner but they do not know that that's just an emotion and we are not our emotions and our emotions can be controlled. Our emotions can be changed. You know, people, people sometimes will say things like, uh, you know, they can't do without fornicating. I said, okay, that's fine. All right. If you are trying to, if you are trying to have fornicate with someone and um, like Andrew Mark would say, uh, why don't you first of all spend the five minutes to say, Father, what do we want to do? We want to commit into your hand and pray and wash before you go into it. No, people want to do it secretly. Or when they have lost a sense of shame, they fornicate without thinking. On that question, another thing I tell people talking about emotions is that if somebody comes into the room and pull it and, and, and point a gun at you, we used to be feeling like fornicating at that point in time. No, because, you, because your life is on the line. You lose it. So emotions can be controlled. Emotions are not, our emotions are not supposed to control us. We are supposed to control our emotions. And our emotions are subject to our way of thinking. I'll teach more on that in future. But we need to ensure that we guard our emotions. We guard how we think. We need to ensure that we remind ourselves constantly that even though I feel like an angry person, I am not an angry person. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I produce the fruit of the Spirit. Joy, patience, temperance. Amen. Finally, you know, Paul said somewhere there, I think verse 11, he said, am I trying to be a pleaser of men? And Jesus said that in the book of John 5, 44, that if you, are trying to be, if you are trying to please people, you will lose your sense of identity in a sense, in the, in the sense that you will not really believe God. Let's go to John 5, 44. Now, Jesus said here, he said, how can you believe when you receive honor from one another and, not, and do not seek the honor that comes from the holy only God. So if we want to make it more relevant and applicable to us today, you know, when we are seeking the honor, praise of people, approval of people, we struggle to stand on faith. What happens is that we subject ourselves to uh to the praise of people, right? Which means when people are not praising you, or you, okay, you leave for that for human praise. And when they are not praising you or they are criticizing you, you realize that you're losing your mind, you're losing your life. You're unstable, you are fickle. And hence, many young girls, because they want to secure and retain the approval of their friends, and the same thing boys, they, the boys, some boys start doing drugs, some boys start doing things they should not do, because they want to remain in their gang. And when I'm talking about gang, I'm not talking about um, the gangs that are out there doing some kind of stuff, but I'm talking about, uh, you know, that secular friends. So many people, re they, they keep company with ungodly friends because who are, ruin, who, are, who are ruining their mind by giving them all manner of evil thoughts because they want to keep 
They, because, because they seek or they crave acceptance and validation from those people. Well, maybe because I'm in my 30s, that's why well, I try to get my precise age. You won't get it. Because I'm in my 30s, that's, and I've seen some things about life. That's why I have trained myself not to live for people's appro approval. Not that I don't feel it sometimes. To, uh, many times I do feel it though, but not as much as I used to uh, a couple of years ago. Sometimes I just feel, you know, what you said, did you say it well, you know, kind of stuff. But living for people's approval and living for people's acceptance will ruin your life because it will be in control of you. And if someone in that group or team among your friends know that you are desperate for their approval, right? They can manipulate you and use you for whatever they want to accomplish. They can destroy and ruin your life. And there are many of such people in many homes, many families today. And that's why I like the, the personality God has given to me. I'm a fighter, good fighter. I will, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to allow someone to come and control me in my house or control me in my marriage. I will not take it. I would rather not talk to you forever, and it's not for malice, than for you to, than to allow you to come and control me. Hence, I don't have much friends. Many people, when they come around you, there's something they want to get. There's something they want to do. So they come and look nice, and I can pick it very quickly. I don't want to relate with them. And some of these people, they, they have a lot of friends. They have fantastic network. Then so you say because you want, you want to tap into their network, you, ha you, you, you keep relationship with this person and they are manipulating you. It shows that we, we don't put our trust in God. We are putting our trust in men. So I can spend another half an hour talking about this. Right? But I want to shut down here and, and challenge us to ask ourselves questions. Whose approval am I living for? God's approval or people's ap approval? And whose approval have, have I been craving? Okay, whose approval have I been craving? And that question is, the person's approval I'm living for, what has this person's impact been in my life? The very people in my immediate circle, whose approval and validation I'm trying to keep, what has their influence been in my life? Has it made me a better Christian? Has it helped me to be better as a person psychologically, emotionally? Or, has it, or is it making me to be a monster, doing things I should not be doing? These are questions we'll be asking ourselves. Every now and then we should be auditing our friends, I mean, the people, our circle of friends, and ask ourselves real questions. You know what? People who are negatively influencing you today will leave you one day. And you, you will live with the consequence of the damage they have done to your mind. Your friends will not be your friends forever. And some they may want to be your friends forever to destroy you, but some of them you have to cut off yourself because you know the impact they have on your life is ruining your life. Praise God. How that blesses you guys. So guys, we look forward to connecting with you on Thursday. Watch out for our podcast. And by next week, by God's grace, we should be, we'll be back uh, on Transformers Connect.